Hi there and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. You church folks are going to love this message. It's going to be, it's a little bit of a preview. Have you ever, has anybody, just by a show of hands, have you ever been to one of our midweek services? Are those awesome or what? Praise the Lord. They are so powerful. I encourage you, even if you have to move your schedule around, get to church on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. God is doing great and mighty things at our midweek service. And it is a very, very powerful season to be a part of that. Sometimes, you, if you want to get something you've never had, you've got to do something you've never done. Somebody say amen. amen. Open your Bible to the book. I'm not even going to tell y'all yet. <laughs> y'all going to love this. I'm telling you, this is the kind of faith-building stuff that will change your life. There are, there, are, there are things in our Bible that are foundational. Every scripture in the Bible is true. Knowing how to apply each one, that's a different situation. But there are foundational scriptures that don't need much explanation. Let me give you one. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have eternal or everlasting life. As a foundation, you can build your whole house on that. Why do we call that foundational? Because just like when you're building a foundation for your home, nothing else matters if you mess up the foundation. Everything else is problematic if the foundation is problematic. So we're going to share from a chapter of the Bible today that is a foundation a foundational chapter on living by faith. But I want to give you three keys to maximizing your church experience real quick. Number one, always come to church expecting. If you weren't expecting anything when you got here, praise the Lord, you can switch it right now and you can expect God to do something in your life. In other words, expect something to change. Expect your heart to be healed. Expect God to do exactly what he said he was going to do in your life. So the number one key to maximizing your New Heights experience is to come to the house of God expecting. I like saying it like this. Don't walk in this place like you're just walking into Kroger. We're not selling bread. We're not selling corn. We are talking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Somebody give God a hand in his house. Number two, and y'all did a phenomenal job of this already, engage in worship. Some, sometimes uh, you can come to a church like ours and maybe you've never experienced live band and, and, and the music and the way that we do it and uh, like people lifting their hands. I'll tell you, we don't just lift our hands because it feels good, even though it does, praise the Lord. We lift our hands because the Bible says that we lift our heart with our hands when we're magnifying God. It's like we're saying, God changed me, I surrender to you. Anywhere you go on the planet, on a battlefield, if you lift your hands, it's the international sign of surrender. When we're lifting our hands, we're saying, God, I surrender everything to you. So number one, you come expecting. Number two, you engage in worship. And number three, this is the part we are, where we are right now in the service. You receive the word. In other words, you actively listen. See, when we're talking about the word, it's more like a conversation than it is a monologue. 
You're trying to receive something from God's holy Bible that you can use and implement not only, in, uh, to, not only today, but this week and the rest of your life. So you just actively sit there and receive. Think about it. In the NFL, or soon to be the XFL, depending on what you want to watch on TV now, the receivers, oftentimes, they are highly valued over, they're more highly valued than the quarterback. In other words, it's not always what's being thrown. On the contrary, it's can you receive what's being thrown? Because I can give you example after example after example in my life as well as in God's holy Bible where there'll be two people sitting there. One receives everything they need from God and the other one receives nothing. Because when we come to the house of God to maximize our experience with him, number one, we're gonna expect him to do what he said Number two, we're going to engage in worship. And number three, we're going to actively listen so we can receive God's word. Amen? Give God a big hand of praise this morning. Now, open your Bible to the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter 11, it is a foundational chapter on faith. And faith is the one thing that you have to have to please God. By faith, you can do anything. Without faith, you can only do what you're capable of. In other words, faith is the X factor in your life that assures you the victory. Hebrews 11 and 1. The scripture says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Number one, if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you four keys today, but number one, faith is now. Faith is not something you do tomorrow. No, hope is something you have for tomorrow. But faith is right now. That means you can't look at all of your current conditions and consider those to be your plight for all uh, time. On the contrary, you look at your current conditions and then by faith you believe that God's not done with you yet and he who begun a good thing in you is going to complete it before it's over. Somebody say amen in God's house. So for us, faith is right now. So if you came to this church on a Sunday morning, I want you leaving full of faith. I want you believing God that if you're, uh, if you're in need of a job or if you're in need of a contract or if you're in need of something, I want you believing God right this very second that God can and will do exactly what he said he would do because the Bible says faith has a timetable and now faith is. Faith is something that is available right now. This is very important that it is a present tense part of your life because God defines himself as a present tense God. When Moses in the Old Testament asked God after he met him, he said, who should I tell the people that you are? He said, you tell them I am that I am. In other words, I am present. I am your very present help in time of need. In other words, you tell the people that if they are sick, I am the God that heals their bodies. If the people are in need, you tell them I'm the God that supplies their needs according to their riches and glory. If they need peace in their lives, you tell them I will give them peace that surpasses all understanding. He is a Present tense God, that's why in order to function and flow in him, you have to have present tense faith. 
Faith is not something that you decide I'll do when the white picket fence is painted and it's in the yard and the yard is mowed and the dishwasher's fixed and the dog's not chewing on the newspaper or your slippers anymore. Faith is not something that happens when everything's all right. Faith is something that you decide when the fiery furnace is burning seven times hotter in front of you and you say, you may throw me in that fire, but I know the God of my salvation will meet me in the fire. Now faith is. Faith is something you decide before your feet hit the floor. I was talking to a great friend of mine the other day and we were talking and we were talking about soul winning and we were talking about uh, different facets of soul winning and I said, well, I've experienced two things that, that, that win souls exceptionally well. Number one, love wins souls. When you love somebody, they know it and when you don't, they know it. Love wins souls. What does love do? Love covers a multitude of sins, the Bible says. Secondly, uh, one of the greatest things I've seen for soul winning is the power of God. Somebody say power. power. When somebody can't hear and then God heals their ears, everybody in the room knows God's real. Somebody say amen. When somebody's blind and God heals them and their eyes open, when somebody has, like it was a few weeks ago, when somebody has a, a cancerous tumor on their breast sitting right here and in the middle of service, God just removes it from their body with his Holy Spirit scalpel, they know that God exists. There is no doubt when the power hits. So for you and for me, it's imperative that we maintain a mindset that faith is not something that we're going to do. Now, faith is. Faith is what we're doing all the time. Why is that important? Because God is a present tense God. And if your faith is not present tense, you are not in tune with God. The entire time you're walking on planet earth, before you get to those golden streets, you ought to be trying to figure out, how can I get in tune with the things of God? How can I get in tune with the things of God? Because when you begin to get in tune with the things of God, you begin to see opportunities that everybody else doesn't see. You begin to see resources that other people don't see. You begin to hear things that other people aren't hearing. You begin to uh, be able to speak about things that other people uh, uh, don't necessarily understand at the fullest level because you're constantly looking, how can I get in lockstep with the things of God? And the way you get in lockstep with the things of God is you refuse to believe anything other than God is able and he is functioning on my behalf in the name of Jesus. Come on, give God a big hand of praise this morning. Number one, now faith is. Number two, for by it, by what? By faith, the el- verse two, by it, the elders obtained a good report. By faith, all of our heroes obtained a good report. But might I just add that all of our heroes are in the Bible because they had great obstacles, yet chose by faith to believe God. I, my, my son plays basketball on Saturdays and they have uh, a schedule that they require the boys to go into the games at certain times and come out at certain times and every one of those boys when they have to go sit on the bench all they want is to be in the game now in the game there may be Shaquille O'Neal on the other team but they still want in the game because if you don't have an obstacle you're of you're, you're not doing anything. So the reality is when you recognize the obstacles in your life are not there to stop you, they're just there to show God victorious even in the face of obstacles. If you don't have a giant, you don't get the crown. 
If you don't have some walls to shout at, you don't get the victory. If you don't have a Red Sea to move, you don't see the miraculous. There are things in life that require us to go to a different place, but it all happens by faith. Somebody say, by faith. By faith. We believe God because he says this. This is my favorite part. Now, verse 1. Faith is the substance of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we don't see. Verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. In other words, everything that you see was framed by God's spoken word. So when God says that he's going to bless you and you're coming in and you're going out, it's not a maybe. The only question is when. No, if I tell my kids we're going to Disney World, did you, matter of fact, we've done that. More than once. Hey, we're going to go to Disney. Praise the Lord. It's going to be fun. Never one time have they said, well, Dad, how are we going to afford the tickets? Never one time have they said, well, how are we going to get there? We're going to go on I-10. We're going to go up north. We're going to go south. We're going to go west. We're going to get in a boat. We're going to get in a plane. They've never asked, do we have the resource to do it? Let me tell you why my children don't ask that. Because they believe that if their father said it, then he is capable to deliver on the promise that he made. The Bible later says that if your child were to ask you for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? It says, absolutely not. It says, how much more so, somebody say more so, how much more so does our Father in heaven know how to bless us? When he tells you that you're going to be healed, when he tells you that you're going to be blessed, when he tells you that he's going to increase you, it's not a maybe. You don't have to look at God with your hands up and go, how, oh God, how? Your job is to stare at the wall and shout until it crumbles into dust in front of your face because it is God who brings the increase. Number one, faith has a timetable. It is absolutely right now. And we understand the world's refrained by the word of God and we believe it. Here we go, verse three, second half. So that things which are seen, and this, this is the part. I usually teach things like this on Wednesday night because it takes a, a little bit more explanation. But I feel a lot of faith in the room, a lot of expectation. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Somebody say, do what? (laughs) Your Bible might say it like this. Things that are visible have their origin in the invisible. So things which we see were not made of things which do appear. So this side of the platform I'm going to call the unseen world. This is where all the promises of God come from. This is where the blessing flows from. This is where peace that surpasses all your understanding flows from. Now over here on this side of the platform, we'll call that the right side of the platform. We'll call this the left side of the platform. This is what you see. What he's saying is everything that you see originates in the unseen. So here's, here's... Here's the concept of faith. You have to believe in what you do not see more than what you do see. It's the concept of faith. It's simple. It's the application that is challenging. For you and for me, we have to recognize that it is the unseen world that brings about the seen world, not the other way around. So for you and me, when God says you have been healed by the stripes on Jesus' back, 
Here it is in the unseen world. I am healed by the stripes on Jesus' back and I drive to the doctor and I go to the doctor and God bless all doctors. We love the medical field, the medical profession. If they're about healing people, we're about healing people. We love doctors, nurses, and everybody involved. But they come and they say, well, I understand that you don't want to hear this, but you've got this, 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 and this. Now you, according to King James, would use a word like this. You are betwixt. You are torn between, not two Twix candy bars, praise the Lord. You are torn between two different worlds. You have this unseen world that's telling you, I'm healed by the stripes on Jesus' back. And then you've got what you can see going, oh, I'm just, I'm beat down, I'm broke, I'm busted, it ain't gonna happen, I'm sick in my body, I got all these things. And God is saying this, by faith, we understand that the unseen world is working its way into the seen world. And if I can hold fast my confession, in a faith I can have whatsoever I say and by the time that train of that unseen world hits the seen world God has decided to make a spectacle of you and your entire family but it all started over here with just a little bit of faith God is able to do it our job is to believe in what we don't see more than we believe in the nonsense that we do see The Bible says Jesus has a still small voice. Every now and then he'll just say something to you. Sometimes in the midnight hour, sometimes you'll be driving, you'll just feel the need to turn left and you'll turn left and you'll find out there was a traffic accident on the way that you would have gone. But the problem is the Bible says that the devil is the chief of all liars, the father of lies, and he is like a roaring lion, rawr. And he's shoving everything from the seen world in your face all day. Your job is to go, I understand, I see that. But my faith is not predicated upon what I see. My faith is predicated on that the visible world gets its origin in the invisible world and I'm just trying to pray like Jesus. What did Jesus pray? He said, I want your kingdom to come here. I want, well, what's this kingdom like? The Bible says he'll wipe away every tear from your eye. There's no sickness, there's no disease, there's mansions in heaven. He said, he said, what are you talking about? He said, you mean to tell me you believe God wants to bless you and you're coming in and going out? I'm telling you when I can't see it and I'm stuck over here and what I see, I am still declaring the promises of God because they are making their way to me because they get their origin in what I cannot see. It comes to a point where you get more comfortable when you don't understand everything. I don't like it when there's no fight. I don't like it when there's not a challenge. I don't like it when there's not something to press towards the mark and to go to. I don't like it when there's not, when, when there's not something that's, that's pushing you forward. Because here's the situation. If the devil's not fighting you, there's no reason for him to fight you. But if he shows up in your life, you better understand your name just hit the roll of you just hit the list of the victors because the unseen world is about to make him a spectacle of defeat in the seen world. There is a shift that takes place when you begin to get... How can you be more comfortable when you don't see everything? Let me just tell you. The Bible says God will do, get this, exceeding abundantly above more than you can ask or think. Now what that means is 
you can't see it all, but God's going to exceed everything that you think. If you can see it, then you're in a place where the unseen has not much to overthrow and to do more than. But if you cannot see it, now I am perfectly positioned and I begin to train my own self to begin to think and begin to ask so big because he is bound by his word to to supersede everything that I'm asking and thinking. So you get more comfortable when you can't see the answer than when you do see the answer because God lives where you can't see. Somebody say amen. Amen. Number one, faith is now. Number two, faith is our explanation. Let me tell you, I'm gonna tell you, all right, Thanksgiving's a long ways away, but it's coming, so let's just get ready for it. Praise the Lord. When your family says, What makes you so sure? I'm going to give you the answer. And they're not going to like it. The person at work that argues with you you about your faith, they're not going to give you the answer. Every time they ask you, well, how do you know? I'm going to give you this super simple. It's two words. How do you know? Simple. By faith. Well, explain it to me. Well, everything that I deal with started in the unseen world. But, but, but how do you know? By faith. Well, why don't, why don't you show me? I can't show you. Why can't you show me? Because it's by faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for and it's the evidence of stuff I don't see. It's all by faith. Everything we do is by faith. I'm not telling you I've got it figured out. I'm telling you he's got it figured out and I trust him more than I trust me. It's all by faith. So you have to be comfortable not, we're not sticking our head in the sand. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. So for us, we're going to believe God. We're going to find out more about his word. But we're not going to be pushed in a corner just because we can't explain everything. As a con- on the contrary, the fact that we can't explain anything means, can't explain everything, means we're actually operating in faith. Do you remember Peter? He gets a lot of slack in our Bible because he was potentially wishy-washy at times and uh, uh, he, he, he cussed a guy out one time and he cut a guy's ear off and he denied Jesus, did all these different things. And so, so sometimes we, we kind of personify him more uh, in, in our own minds when we're talking than we do uh, other uh, disciples. But, but interestingly enough, Peter, one time Jesus was walking on the water next to the boat and the Bible says that Peter said, if that's you, tell me to come out there and walk with you. And Jesus said, well, come on, Pete. And Peter slung his leg over the side of the boat while the winds and the waves were roaring. And he stepped his sandaled foot on the top of those waves only to find out that the waves held him. He put his other leg over and he began to walk. And if Peter's anything like me, he probably looked back at the disciples and said, Nana, nana, boo, boo, look what I can do. (laughs) But the point I'm getting at is Peter didn't say, tell me how. Peter didn't say, give me the exact formula. Peter said, if you say it, then I can do it. If God says you're more than a conqueror, you're more than a conqueror. If God says you can do all things through Christ Jesus, and he does, you can do all things through Christ Jesus. But it requires faith, and faith requires believing in the realm of, that you cannot see. 
Give God one more big hand of praise. Skip down to verse number five. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Somebody say, that's me. You'll never taste death. Death by biblical definition is not uh, leaving this body. This is just a body. You are an eternal spirit. And the Bible says to be absent from this body, this shell, is to be present with the Lord. You'll never taste death. You'll translate right over. If, if, you li- if you live out your years to 120, I will live to 120 years old and I will go to heaven healthy and in my right mind. But if you live out your years to 120 years old and you translate over, praise the Lord, if the trumpet sounds and Jesus splits the eastern sky and we all rise up and meet him in the sky, then praise the Lord. But what's going to happen is super simple. Believers do not taste death. What does the devil have to scare you with? When heaven is the only thing you'll ever taste. What is the enemy? Oh, I t- I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. What are you, what are you threatening me with? Going to heaven? Walking on streets of gold? Singing with angels? Uh, looking at the big beautiful sea of glass? Uh, 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 looking up and, and seeing that there's no sun in the sky because the light of that great city is the Lord Jesus Christ? Walking around the mansions with all of our family? How will we know them? You'll know them exactly how you know them now. Walking up to the pearly gate, uh, walking in, knowing that you didn't come there on your own accord, but you came by way of the cross, being into the presence of Almighty God, seeing the miraculous moves of God, having every tear wiped away. What is the devil going to threaten you with? You cannot be defeated. You cannot lose. So for you and for me, faith is being like Enoch, where by faith, we understand we are translated from the temporary troubles of this world into the kingdom of the living God. The Bible says he was translated that he should not see death and he was not found because God translated him for before his translation he had this testimony. He pleased God. I really only have a few things in my life that I care about to the bone. Krispy Kreme and Dallas Cup. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's only a few things I really care about. I mean, really care to my bone, all the way on the inside and through me. My family. I do not play games with my family. My personal relationship with the Lord, I do not risk it. This church. I do not play games about this church. I'm not here to goof off. I'm not here because I don't have anything else to do. I'm here because God told me to come here. But when I get to heaven, a motivating fact that drives me is I want him to be pleased. I do not want him to ask me, Why did you ignore something? I do not want him to ask me, why were you so focused on this that you missed that? I do not want him to ask me any of those questions. I want him pleased. And the way to please God is by faith. I'm going to help just for a few more minutes define that real clear. Because faith is believing in what we don't see. 
But the Bible says in that last, the last scripture I'm going to read, verse 6, if you don't have faith, it's impossible to please God. Because he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a, re- a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So number one, faith is now. It's not tomorrow. Faith is right now. Number two, faith is why we, how we believe everything. We don't have to have all the answers. The answers are in the unseen world. They're making their way to the seen world, and we believe that when we believe anything else that we see. But if you're going to come to God and you're going to please Him, how many of you would just like to please God? How many of you, if you're here at church on a Sunday morning, I know you would. Number one, if you want to please Him, you have to believe He is. Well, what does that mean? You have to believe He's right here, right now. And your deepest, darkest moment, when a doctor tells you something you don't want to hear, when, the, when, the, when your employer comes in and tells you something that you weren't prepared for, you have to believe He's right there. And He's not just right here for me. He's it's not, it's not just right here for the person next to you. He's right here for you right now all the time. If you're going to please God, you can never, just, just get it out of your mind. Don't you ever say, where did you go? He didn't leave you. If you've ever said that, don't beat yourself up. But he did not leave you. He did not leave you. The devil comes in, hits you in the mouth. You resist him and he leaves and God's there to clean it up. He never leaves you. He never leaves you. If you're going to please God, you've got to believe he's right here right now. In the middle of the fiery furnace, in the middle of the lion's den, in the middle of the Red Sea with all the chariots uh, uh, pouring down across your, uh, running you down uh, behind you. He's there when the Goliath is screaming at you in the middle of the field talking about him will cut your head off and feed you to the birds. He's there in the moment whenever you're supposed to be anointed for something and they don't even call you to the anointing party. He's there in the moment whenever everything around you doesn't make sense. He is right there. How come they got healed and I'm not healed? He's right there. He's there. If you're going to please God, you have to believe He is right there. Why is this important? It's exactly who He said He is. When Moses asked Him, who are you? He says, I am that I am. First person. We would say He is. We're saying the exact same thing. If you're going to please God, have to believe he's right here right now come on just lift your hands say this after me say I believe you are right here right now and you will never and I mean never leave me you can put your hands down last point not only is he here But if you're going to please God, you have to believe He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Living for God is optional until you have experienced Him and then you can never go back. Because when you find out He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him, He'll bless your business. He'll bless your family. He'll bless your marriage. He'll bless your children. He'll bless your time. He'll give you peace. He'll he'll increase you. He'll help you understand school better. He will intervene on your behalf, but if you're, you're going to please Him, you have to believe that He exists right now, right here, and that He is a rewarder. 
Because if you believe anything short of him being a rewarder of those who seek him diligently, you have a poor picture of who he is. See, he's your father and he's a very good father. He does not abuse his children and he calls you his own. So when you get to the house of God on a Sunday morning and a Wednesday night and you share your story with others, when you decide to keep him the center of your focus, it's imperative to do so through the lens that he's not only there, but I believe you to be a rewarder. I got a call the other day from somebody from a long ways away. And they said, hey, you're going through this, 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 and this. That is exactly correct. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. And they said, don't forget he's a rewarder. Now I know it, but that encouragement to shift your thought process of I know I'm living here. I don't even understand why certain things happen certain ways. But what I know is I can tap in by faith to this unseen world filled with promises, blessings, joy, peace. And the big secret, please stand to your feet. The big secret is this. He's trying harder to get the unseen blessings to you than you're trying to receive them. And that means he truly is a rewarder of those who seek him. Bow your heads. If you're here today, you're not right with God. You're not living right. You're not doing right. Jesus is not the Lord of your life. Let's change that right now. Before you do anything by faith, you need to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life where he will assure you everlasting life and he'll help you throughout your life here. Maybe you used to walk strong with him and you backslid, you fell away, and you want to rededicate your life today. I want to include you in that offer as well. When I count to three, if you fall into one of those two categories and you know you need to set things right with God today, when I count to three, lift your hand. With an uplifted hand, you're saying, oh God, remember me, and he really will. One, two, three, lift your hands. Lift them tall. One, two, three, four, five, six, Seven. Is there anyone else? The Spirit of the Lord just told me there's two more. There's two more. I'll wait five seconds. Five, four, three. There you are. There's one. Five, four, three, two, one. If you lifted your hand or you wanted to, I want you to pray this prayer after me. This is no accident that you're here today. I see that hand. Thank you very much. It's no accident that you're here today. This is a setup by God to get you in right connection with Him so that you can be set up to live by faith the rest of your days. Let's all pray this prayer after me. Say this. Say, Oh God, I come to you now and I ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I'm a Christian now, on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God.
you prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, we'd love to hear about it. Grab that card, fill it out, drop it by the tent. We'll get you some resources to help you live by faith. Also, before we leave, I never like to close the service without giving you an opportunity to join this great church. Now, we don't have any prerequisites, but we do say this. The Bible is very clear. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. You say, how will I know this is my house? When you know, you know, praise the Lord. You sense the presence of God. You receive the word of God. So if that's you, we would love to have you help us love people and point them to Christ. So uh, if you want to make that decision today, grab that same card out of the chair in front of you. Fill it out. Even if you filled it out a hundred times, mark on there you'd like to be a member and we'll get you all the information about being a member of this great church. Amen. Give God one more big hand of praise. Let me pray a blessing on you. Father, bless your people coming in, going out. Bless them in the city and the field this day and every day as we commit to live by faith. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.